0: Welcome to the Motor City Hoops Podcast, your home for all things Detroit Pistons and NBA. Thank you for choosing Motor City Hoops, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. Welcome to episode 43 of the Motor City Hoops podcast. As I always like to do, I want to remind everyone to go check out episode 42, where I was joined by Omari Sankofa from the Detroit Free Press to break down summer league game number one and the Pistons offseason thus far. But for today's episode, episode, I have a fantastic guest for you guys, Chris LeBron, owner of the Off the Ball Network and host of the Off the Ball podcast. Chris is a guy I consider a friend and someone who was really there for me and helped me out a lot as I've tried to navigate my way through all the changes with with Motor City Hoops. Chris, my guy, thank you and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Bryce, man. Thank you for having me on, man. It, it's definitely an honor to be on, on your show. Looking forward to chopping up and talking all things hoops, man. It, that, thank you again for having me on.
0: Absolutely, Chris had me on his uh, show here not too long ago. We had a great time. It was, it was a lot of fun. You guys got to go check that one out, along with his other uh, all of his other episodes and everything he's got going on Off the Ball Network, which we'll talk more about in just a second. But. As much as I love having people from the Pistons community on, guys, I always enjoy having non-Pistons guests to get uh, you know, an outside perspective. So today we're talking Pistons offseason, we're talking Pistons Summer League and the direction of this organization as a whole. And then we're gonna talk about Chris, get Chris's take on his team, the New York Knicks, and a few other moves around the association. But first, Chris. You had a huge day here a couple days ago, the one-year anniversary for the Off the Ball Network. First off, congratulations, and and why don't you just let the listeners know a little bit about Off the Ball Network, how you started that, and how things are going.
1: Yeah, man, uh, I I appreciate that, man. Yeah, one year, we had our one-year show, and it's just crazy how it all came about. I mean, obviously, it started, you know, me doing my own podcast, you know, Off the Ball podcast, and, you know... That was, you know, I, building that brand, you know, building, you know, a show. And and you know from doing a show, like, it, it's tough to build a base and, and build, a, you know, build that listenership. And But I started to get, you know, some some notoriety, especially around, like, right before the draft last year, I felt like my shows really started to take off. And I joined another network. And I was doing well, but it just... I just didn't feel like I was being utilized properly. Like they would tell me I was, you know, top content creator, but I wasn't being promoted, you know, in a sense. And then, you know, so I wound up uh, leaving it and I got, I was getting offers from other like top flight, you know, independent, you know, networks and some good offers. And I, wa- I just told myself, you know what, why not just do it yourself, why not just start your own network, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do, and I had no clue how to really, you know, go about it, like, how do you start a sports, like, because you think sports network, and you're like, ESPN, Fox Sports, and all that, and, you know, and I'm just like, I want to start it, it's like, you know, let me try this, and, and I I had a, a few guys who were, were fans of my show, and I was like, for some I was like, who who can I trust to help me build this and uh, I I thought of my guys Mo and Jeff who are fans of the show and fans from like day one Bryce like like I didn't think I had fans (laughs) other than like mom and (laughs) and grandma and, and like you know girlfriend like I didn't think I had fans outside of the New York area and I did and it was just crazy and I remember just saying you know what I'm gonna ask those two guys if they're if they're on board with helping me build this because you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. And I just said let's do it. And then you know we 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 uh you know had a blueprint. We took us a, a month or two to figure it out, and then you know we launched and we kept growing and growing. And we had at the, the bigger we grew, there was other people like willing to jump ship where they were and leaving some big time networks too for some people and. They were like, "Wow, we want to join you guys." And I, I, I remember having people from like ESPN, like people who used to work at ESPN and Fox Sports, and they're asking me, "How do you do?" And I, they're like, "What's your budget?" Is like, and i would be like, "I don't, I don't have a big budget. You know, <laughs> I'm not backed by anyone." Like they would, they'd assume that was backed by, you know, I used to work did this. I was like, "No, it's just because they would see the camaraderie we have on our shows." And they would be like, that's pretty dope that you guys like really like look out for each other and all that. And, you know, it just we kept growing and growing, you know, a lot of trial and tribulations, you know, like like anything, right? Anything, any startup, you're going to have your ups and downs and figure out what works and what doesn't. But, um, you know, what's fun about, you know, being the, the prez, as they like to call me, like is building relationships Producing, like I found, it, it's it's opened up my 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 um like my creative juices, right? Where it's like I'm so focused on my pod and building a, a basketball show, or now I can help other people do different types of shows. I'm not just doing basketball. I'm helping people produce a football show, a basketball show, a soccer show, or whatever show. Like, and, and to me, that's been dope. You know, uh, just building that and then, like getting to a year. I mean, that's. It's, it, I didn't think I can get past a few months, let alone a year. So it's been a great ride. You know, the one year, you know, the, you know, the podcast has been great. So, man, every, everything's just been going great for uh, for the network. And, you know, hopefully in year two, you know, we, we, uh, we keep getting better and better. So uh, it, it's been a fun, fun ride. Everyone, you know, it's kind of like a family. And you know what's crazy? A lot of us haven't even met in person. We haven't even met in person yet. So I think that's another, you know, what shows how great we are together that we haven't even met in person yet. We have such a great bond. And uh, I just try to preach family environment. Like we wait, every time everyone wakes up, we, we always send a good morning to the group text, to the group chat. Always start the day off with a good morning. How you doing? And, you uh, know, and we go on about our day and we talk about whatever content, whatever we got to do, who has shows, all that. We make sure we. We uh, promote everyone's shows, you know, as if it's our own. And uh, it, it's just been a real it's, – it's like a family. So it's been great, Bryce, man. I'm just uh, – I'm really looking forward to the, to the future of, of Off the Ball Network.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. So if you're not following off the ball on Twitter, not listen to the podcast, make sure you check that out, all the stuff they have going on. And uh, that is big time. I think, you know, it's one thing to start a podcast or a show. It's another thing to do the whole network. And like you said, you have to have great people. Um, you know, we're both part of the Dash family, which I know has helped both of us out as well. Um, so I just know things are going to keep going bigger and bigger for off the ball. But let's let's get into this now here, Chris. And let's obviously we're going to I'm going to have you talking Detroit Pistons here for about 30 minutes, 35 minutes to start the episode. Um, I just want to get your outside perspective. You know, you're not a, a Pistons guy. Obviously, um, we'll get to who your team is a little bit, bit later. But overall, what are your thoughts on where this Pistons organization is at, and especially what they've done over the last 12 months? A lot of changeover. You know, bringing in Troy and Weaver, we end up getting the number one pick. Jeremy Grant, all this different stuff. Just as an outsider, as you watch this thing transition over the last year, what have you thought?
1: I mean, you you guys have done a hell of a job. I mean, it's it started last year in the draft. And if if you listen to any of my shows, I was absolutely huge on Killian Hayes. He was my number one player. You know, um, it wasn't a popular – you know, people were like, he's your number one. I was like, yeah, there's something about him. You know, I just loved his style of play. I love this. You know, he gave me a lot of like D'Angelo Russell, uh, Russell vibes, and I just, I just thought he was just everything about his game. I knew people were were, were stressing about him not going to his right and all that. And I was like, we saw a little bit in this summer league, so I was like he, he's gonna get there, you know. Uh, but I, I love the draft you got. You know, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, and I wasn't crazy about Isaiah Stewart, but he proved me wrong. You know, uh, Saban Lee was was another good pickup. And then, like the Jeremy Grant stuff, like you, you, I don't think we expect the Jeremy Grant to be what a borderline all star. And if he doesn't get hurt, he wins Most Improved. You know, it, it, it. just. I thought a lot of people thought Detroit would be, you know, in purgatory for a while. And it, you know, you 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 pick up some really good players last year in draft a bunch of you know all rookie guys, and then you hit the you hit the lottery. <laughs> literally, <laughs> you literally hit the lottery, and you get. The number one player feels like for the last three years, you know, uh, we've been talking about Cade and all that, right? Everyone's you know fade for Cade, and you guys get him, and number one pick, and it's like you guys are just in a perfect, you know, that that you guys were one of those teams a couple years ago. Where I was like, wow, you know, Detroit's gonna be bad for they might be bad for for a while. You know, how do they get out of this? You know, you know. uh you know, Andre Trump and, you know, Blake Griffin contracts. How did they get out of it? And, you know, you guys have been able to do it. And kind of similar to, like, the Knicks. Like, it felt like with like my Knicks, like, it was like, wow, are we ever going to get out of this funk? Like, are we going to be bad forever? And uh, you guys are, have done a great job these last two years building the roster up. And uh, it's it's been impressive. It really has been impressive. And, and it gives, you know uh, – you guys are gonna be very a team that a lot of people are very excited to watch, and we've seen Kate, you know, do some really good things, you know, in summer league. So uh, Detroit is definitely, you know, uh, is definitely gonna be on my uh, my uh, on my on my watch list this year, uh, to, you know, and, and I'm definitely gonna be paying attention to you guys in Detroit. You know, because you guys have you guys have a very talented team and, and, and a lot of good young players. So uh, definitely looking forward to watching some Pistons basketball this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think what's it's always funny talking to guys who, um, you know, Killian Hayes, a very polarizing player. Actually, just yeah. put out put out an article for Detroit Bad Boys, um, you know, looking at his his second summer league game, and you know it, it, that was the pick that people were most excited about when it happened. And then people seem to always bring up Isaiah Stewart as the guy they weren't very excited about. You know, a lot of people didn't see that in his game, um, but I think in general, you know, Troy Weaver with the free agency last year, the draft class, and we'll talk about this year's free agency and even the draft picks a little bit more in a second but you know he's really reshaped um, revamped he calls it a we call it a restoration here in Detroit and I just you you kind of alluded to it but do you? I think it sounds like you see a lot of hope for the Pistons, you know, moving forward. Obviously, not like a championship contender, maybe even not in the playoffs this year. But do you get that vibe from other people? You know, other people that you talk to on the pot on your show, um, other people in the Off the Ball Network, people you interact with on Twitter. You know, you're a huge NBA basketball guy. Do other people see that along with you?
1: Yeah, I, I truly do. And I, just talking to the guys at the network, and just talking to people in general. You know, we always mention what. Who are those young teams that you, that you're really intrigued about? And everyone brings up the Rockets, obviously, because they had an absolute haul this year in the draft. But, and, th-
0: those picks really were very good. Like <laughs> looking, watching them in <laughs> summer league. Uh, sorry, to, but I mean, I know it's summer league, but those three, those three guys look really yes. good right now. But yes, yes, and and Garuba, and he just they just yeah. they're about to get him over. And,
1: and on my board. I, th- all four of those guys, including Garuba, those are four top 12 guys for me. You know, top 14 guys for me. I was very high on their draft. They absolutely hit a they hit a grand slam times two. Like, they, they absolutely killed it. And they're one other team, like you guys, the Pistons, that everyone are. They, chain, they trade James Harden, and people are like, wow, okay, how long is this going to take before they're good again? It might take four or five years. And now it's like, well, it might be quicker than expected. You know, same thing like in Detroit. Same thing like with the Knicks. You know, so like it's it's crazy how quick you know you, you that's what happened. You, you you draft good, and you get some good players. It, you can the turnaround is it could be a lot quicker. You know, so that that's why they they absolutely killed it for me. And you know, uh, but yeah, going back to Detroit, like talking to people, yeah, everyone is very they like what Detroit's done. It and it started with last year building that foundation, like getting a guy like Jeremy Grant where. You know, he was a very good role player, right? Played his role perfect. And we saw how big of a loss he was for Denver where they were like, you know, maybe they didn't expect him to – they, they expected him to take a, a step up and play, but not to the point where he was, you know, you know he could have been an all-star and, like you mentioned before, most improved. Like he was going to win most improve if he doesn't get hurt, you know. And, you know, what he averaged 20, at 24 point per game player, and then Denver's trying to figure out, okay, Wow, we definitely underestimated him. I don't think Denver thought, you know, that he was going to make that big of a difference. Well, and then look, they tried, they went and traded for Aaron Gordon, you know. So it showed that, you know, losing Jeremy Grant was huge for them. And then you saw that, you know, how big of a loss that was for them during the season, you know. So I think everyone's really high on Detroit. They like what they've done. They're building it, you know. And uh, I think – you know they're definitely going to be a team that's you know I wouldn't be surprised in the next few years. You know talking about them you know in that playoff push. So uh, but yeah, a lot of good, lot of I think a lot of
0: good vibes in Detroit right now. And I just always like to you know for the listeners you may be like well why are you at because I think at times you know whenever you're a fan of a team you watch every single game you analyze every single move. It's easy to get excited or maybe not get excited. You know you 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 create biases because you like these players you you come to really enjoy them like my two favorite players outside of Kate are probably Frank Jackson and Isaiah Stewart. And so I know I have biases whenever I talk about them and how I value them. So I hope the listeners can appreciate this. You know, Chris is a guy who lives in New York. His favorite team is the Knicks. Again, he's a huge fan of the NBA, but he's talking about you know he has no you have no biases towards the Detroit Pistons and the organization and that's why I like to talk to you guys about it Um, like I said at the beginning because you get kind of that unbiased opinion so it I hope it excites the listeners to hear that people outside of Detroit are and outside of being Pistons fans are excited and see what Troy Weaver and the organization are doing
1: yeah I think I think most most true basketball fans they like seeing teams that all right they they blow it up right and they build it back up through the draft and, you know, making smart little trades and making little acquisitions, you know, making acquisitions like a Jeremy Grant. I think people really like that. You know, people like, you know, I think that's why people like, you know, and not to go back to the Knicks, but like what the Knicks done, like right? they like that, that, you know, what the Knicks are doing. They're not trying to go hit a home run and try to sign a big time for agent. and they're going through the draft. They're getting, you know, you got your Jeremy Grant. That's, that's Julius Randle for us, right? Uh, under the radar pickup that most people were like, ah, eh, you know, I don't know what he's gonna do, and then wounds up being an all-star, you know. So I think, I think, I really think people appreciate, you know, when teams build through the draft and and do it that way. And I think that's, you know, what I appreciate, and I think a lot of people appreciate, and that's why I think people are high on, you know, the, what the Pistons are doing. We, you know, uh, they're not trying to get the Blake Griffin's and the Drummonds or that. that they realized that Downey was going to take them so far, and now they're building through the draft, and, and like I said, getting to Jeremy Grants, Frank Jacksons, the guys like that, and, and doing it in a way that I think people are going to be really excited about and going to be watching. You know, maybe they, you know, if the, if this wasn't the case, you know, maybe no one's watching Detroit basketball if they didn't get the number one pick and then draft well last year. You know, maybe no one cares, and you don't want to be that. You don't want to be, you know, where nobody cares about it. So. I think uh, people really appreciate what Detroit's doing and teams like that so uh, I think that's why people are really high on Detroit
0: yeah absolutely and I think it's you you said even though last year we kind of struggled obviously only won 20 games but you could see the vision you could see a lot of hope um, watching and there's a lot of excitement in the fan base because they had stripped it down and then we're trying to bring it back the right way and the way you're talking about through the draft and then what I would call smart free agent signings you know and trying to get the books back in order. Obviously, the Blake contract's still on. And, you know, we'll talk about uh, Derek Rose and that trade later when we do get to the next part. But I want to talk about, I want to go ahead and move now. And I want to get your thoughts because, you know, you did a whole free agency frenzy episode, you know, live um, on Off the Ball. And I heard you talk about at least one of the guys we signed, and that was Kelly Olynyk. So we'll start there and we'll move through a couple of these guys. We won't talk about all of the moves. But I, I felt like there was a pretty positive reaction to the Pistons getting Kelly O'Linick. Um, did you share it uh, on your network and did you share in that or what did you think about that signing for the Pistons?
1: Yeah, I thought that was a solid pickup. You know, uh, you got a stretch, you got to stretch big and Kelly who can who could shoot it and, you know, definitely helps with the way, you know, Kate and Killian do as far as, you know, getting to the basket. So I thought that was a great pickup what was it what a three years or 40 mil
0: 37 and, and, and the, the third year is a, a player so the third year and i need some clarification on this it's either I, at one point it was reported as a team option and then chris smith who's actually coming on sunday to record with me that'll drop monday um I think tweeted out that it was uh, only partially guaranteed for three million. So I still need to get some clarification on that. Hoping to get that Sunday, maybe somebody will tweet at me and, and give me if they know that for sure. Um, I might look up the contract details on Spot Track while while we're talking here. But a, a good looking contract nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I'm looking it up now. Okay, Kelly Young signed a three year deal, thirty seven mil, twenty eight is guaranteed. So. 28 mil is guaranteed, annual 12 mil.
0: Yeah, so I don't think a it's a Yeah, team. so I don't think it's a so it's team not option. Fully it's just not fully guaranteed. Yeah, it's like
1: Julius Randle's deal with how he signed with the Knicks, where the third year was only guaranteed for like four mil. So it's probably the same where, you know, if he if he lives up to the contract, he'll, he'll get that third year. So it's year not fully it's guaranteed. not a team
0: option, but there's only three million guaranteed in the third year. So still a good looking contract.
1: Still, that's a great deal for for a stretch big, you know. Especially, I think you know some people who may like not be crazy they just look at the name Kelly O'nick and just think he's not worthy of it but like what he can do you know um i think that's a that's a great salary <laughs> you know especially we're seeing guys getting 40 50 mil i mean giving a guy 12 million dollars you know that could be a stretch big for you you know that's definitely a good deal he could hit some shots too you know he's shown it he's tough you know, uh, so I think that's a good move for you guys. I mean, you guys have been doing good, you know, uh, for agency-wise, picking up guys like that. So that's an underrated pickup for the Detroit.
0: Yeah, and that's – my thing with it is um – it, it's gonna help the improvement and the development of Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham, you know, and, and nothing against Mason Plumley at all. Like there's nothing wrong with I thought Mason Plumley played very well and he had a specific skill set, but the floor spacing that you've talked about, the shot making that Kelly O'Linick brings, is gonna help the development of those guys. And in my opinion, where the Pistons are at, that's that's priority number one. What if you can bring in a guy at eleven million dollars a year, I said this on the last podcast with Amari, you know, that's a great contract if it's a guy that's can help development of those guys he's
1: a vet he you was know, a player and he, he played solid he played really good for Houston you know I know people forgot about Houston after James Harden left but you know he shot the ball pretty well you know he shot close to 50% from the from the floor you know Still shot close to 35% from three. You know, he's usually around that high, you know, in that, you know, mid to high 30s, you know, as far as a three-point shooter. So, I mean, you need to get vets like that on your team to show, you know, and it's going to benefit Cade. It's going to benefit Killian, who like to get to the basket. So to me, that's an absolute, uh, it's a great, great deal for Detroit and uh, just going to continue to help this team grow.
0: Yeah, so I'll I'll throw out a couple other names that that weren't, I mean, one of them was technically our free agent, um, but we actually waived him or cut him and then brought him back. But Trey Lyles is a guy they brought in two-year, $5 million contract, second-year option. Corey Joseph, who was on the team last year, we traded for him from Sacramento. Um, We actually, he had had one of those partial guarantees, so we let him go, then brought him back on a two-year $10 million contract. I believe the second year is a player option, if my notes are correct. Um, either of those guys, you, you know, what you know about them, you know, Trey Lyles has been a guy A Pistons fans weren't super excited about. Any thoughts on that? Or like having a veteran point guard like Corey Joseph. I know point guard was a big to- co- topic of conversation with the Knicks.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, uh, you know, some Knicks fans were were, uh, interested in bringing in Corey Joseph. He's a solid player. You know, Trey Lyles, you know, he's a solid, you know, he's still young too, right? (laughs) You know, he's still a young player. So, uh, I mean, just, you know, those those are solid pickups, especially Corey Joseph. He's a vet. He's been around for a while. So that's another, you know, you put them, you know, he can help Killian and and, uh, and Cade, you know, uh, at the guard position too. So. No, those are definitely solid pickups for, for Detroit, for sure. So
0: before we move on to the draft class and some summer league conversation, I'm a, so Frank Jackson was a restricted free agent. Bring him back. Sabin Lee back. Uh, we actually cut Rodney Magruder, brought him back. Hami Diallo, we're still waiting. Of those four guys, Frank Jackson, Saban Lee, Hami Diallo, Rodney Magruder, um... Is there a guy that kind of sticks out to you, a guy you really like, somebody's game that you really like in those four that just, you know, as an outsider, you're like, man, I really like his game. I think he'll, he'll play really well. I know most of uh, – all of them, actually, not most of them, all of them were on the team last year. But any of those guys you really like their game? Well, uh, I, I like
1: Frank Jackson a lot. I liked him since Duke, you know, me being – I'm a Duke fan. So uh, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been liking Frank. You know, I think he's just going to keep getting better and better. You know, with with the right opportunity, I think if he get some minutes, I think he can do some things, score and all that. And Hami too. Hami's right. He he he's a he's a Queens guy and I live in Queens. He's he he played right. You know, close to here. So Hami he feels like he's another guy who's getting better too. You know, saw some glimpses in OKC. You know, of him and then gets to Detroit, see some good things. So I think uh, I think you definitely should bring him back and and uh, you know add a wing that you know has nice size and all that and just he keeps he's getting better. Still a young player. So I uh, you know. I would like those. Those are two good pickups, you know. Especially bringing back, you know, Hami would be, uh, you know, I'm always rooting for him. So uh, definitely would like to see him come back. Yeah. So
0: that, those are two guys. I, those, I love. Like told you, I love Frank Jackson. I really like Hami Diallo. I think again with Hami, I think I'm kind of on. A, I, I see a higher ceiling for Hami than I think a lot of Pistons fans. Um, what like you said he went to high school there around you I don't know how closely you followed his career through the NBA and everything but you know can you speak a little bit to what he was coming out of high school and then maybe what you see him as a player in a ceiling and where maybe you could see him progressing to
1: yeah homie coming to high school was like that dude <laughs> you know just watch, like you would see him in all these like tournaments and like I remember watching um one tournament I wasn't there but watching a video and it's he's in a dunk contest with zion it's him zion uh it was right here and in, in um in, in uh in dumbo uh it was him zion i forgot the other two but it was him zion it was it was uh who else was in that um um he used to play for duke the point guard um oh, man i can't think of his name um but yeah it was it was a, it was a good cast of crew but just you know he 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 uh he definitely had his name you know big time recruit and all that you know I I think he I didn't think he stood he didn't stay in Queens I think he wound up going to like Connecticut to finish high school and all that but he he's had a name I've heard about him for a while you know and then once I moved back to Queens you know you hear more people talked about like how great he was and all that but um. He's definitely, he, he. I just saw him keep getting better, especially in OKC. I watched, the, you know, uh, a lot of OKC games. You know, I don't know why, but I just watched a lot of OKC games. But You see him getting better, and I think, you know, him going to Detroit, you know, you bring him back, I think he's going to continue to get better. It just feels like he's finally figuring out his game. So I think that's an investment I think you guys should make and bringing him back and adding him to that good, good core of young guys you have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, there were some reports I had James Edwards on and he talked about maybe there's another team in the association who was going to give him an offer sheet. Maybe money is dried up. It, you know it's still possible that he gets one but it looks like Hami's going to return and I can't imagine Troy Weaver traded him for him from Oklahoma City if he wasn't planning on keeping him and it looks like we're going to be able to get him at a good deal but let's move on now to the 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 draft class I know you do a lot of draft stuff and we've had some summer league games now to watch obviously since the last recording the Pistons played game number 2 versus the Rockets lost um you know uh Rockets shot the ball really well from three the Pistons did not thought Cade Cunningham played extremely well Jalen Green played extremely well as well also scored the ball very well um, what have you have you been able to catch any of the Pistons first two summer league games um, you know in combining that with what you think about their dra- draft class Cade Cunningham Isaiah Livers obviously hasn't been able to play coming off the injury still Luca Garza um, any thoughts on summer league or that that rookie that incoming class
1: yeah, the Luca Garza, you know, he was well, he was another polarizing, very like, polarizing. P- <laughs> very polarized because if you just look at the stats and you are just like, wow, how wasn't this guy, you know, you know, because a lot of people like he's not going to get drafted. It's like it's crazy to think a guy who was the player of the year won't get drafted and then he pulls out of the combine and it's like okay he's really not going to get drafted and then he, he he gets drafted you know that's why the draft is such an inexact science we think guys are going to go this high and it's like well then they drop and then whatever it's just crazy how it goes but you know um, I'm, I'm happy he got a chance though because it was really crazy that you know, that he was really gonna go undrafted where there was other guys who were so raw, like we saw so many raw prospects go ahead of him. But uh, I understood, but he came into, he looks in great yes, shape too. He
0: lost like 20, 30 you know, pounds, I think, Chris.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he looks He looks like a, a better, It looks like an, a better athlete and all that. So I was really happy he got a shot because a guy like that shouldn't, you know, shouldn't go undrafted. It's kind of crazy, you know. um but like I said, I, I caught some of the, the Houston game, you know, because it was, just, it was just I wanted to see all. And I I don't I don't want to I try not to watch too much someone because I don't want to overreact. You know, I think a lot of people tend to overreact with someone like, oh, this guy doesn't look good. Oh, he's going to be he's going to be a bum. I see it. I saw that a lot. And i was just like, oh, my God, I'm going crazy. Like you know, we're, you know, we're overreacting to guys doing too good or, 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 you know, we're overreacting to guys not playing well. It's like it's just like, all right, we can't do that, <laughs> you know. You know, it just – you know, it's – at the end of the day, it's summer league. You know, we can't – we just can't, you know, uh, overvalue it at times. But, you know, um, like I said, uh, looking – you know, seeing Luca Garza, he looked like – he looked really good, you know, as far as looking like – you know, he looked like an athlete. He, like I he shed a lot of weight. So that was good seeing him. But um, didn't – I watched that game, didn't watch – haven't watched too much uh, – Detroit stuff, but uh, like seeing guards be in the shape was to me good because I think he could possibly be, you know, you know, be a solid, you know, ended up, ended up you know. Uh, end of the bench guy for you guys, you know, I don't know about this year, but maybe down the line, I think he could bring some value to you guys, especially as a stretch big potentially, because he could shoot yeah, it too.
0: Yeah, and so is it like, so that's the has been the big conversation. You're right, he was very polarizing, because when the pick happened, Pistons fans, I don't feel like we're in general, we're very happy about it. They thought maybe it was a wasted pick. Um, but I think he's kind of endeared himself into the Pistons community. Obviously, his dad posts the stuff on Twitter, which it really has, Pistons, the Pistons fans love, the interaction um, from Frank Garza. But so here's my question about Luka Then I I have very few questions about him offensively. And again, like you said, you can't overreact at Summer League, but the shot looks true. I believe in it. I think um, he had a nice little footwork post move kind of fadeaway shot last game. I I think he's going to be able to develop an offensive game that can translate to an NBA floor. Um, I'd like to see him be able to pass like in the pick and roll more, but maybe it's there. My biggest concern, everybody's biggest concern, is, was with him defensively. I mean, just you know, getting your perspective again, do you, do you think he's going to be able to be good enough defensively at all um, You know, to, to make it happen? Is he just going to be an end-of-the-bench guy? Do you think he can work himself eventually? I'm not even saying this year, Chris, but two, three years down the road to be a 15, 20-minute backup five man um, that maybe you have to play zone when he comes in the game. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's all gonna come down to the defense. I think that's everyone was was harping on him because of the defense. Like you said, the offense I think is is fine. You know, I think he's gonna be able to shoot the ball. You know, get some little you know moves in the post. But it's all gonna come down to his defense. You know, like I said, he shed the weight. You know, that was the biggest thing. He shed the weight, so that's gonna make make him be able to move laterally and lateral and all that it's going to come down to his defense. You know, if he improves, we're not asking him to be, you know, we're not asking him to be, like, you know, you you know, know, to be the next Tim Duncan or whatever, but, you know, just to be, you know, because I remember, you know, he reminded me a lot of, like, of Jaleel Okafor when he came out in 14. Like, if Jaleel Okafor was 10 years younger, 10 years, you know, 10 years prior, you know, he would have been the number one pick, and he's a 20 and 15 guy, and he's in, you know, five – to 10 time all star, you know, but he's just in the wrong era. Now we see Jill Okafor, you know, he was on pissed Detroit for a
0: little bit, he's time, right? still there, yeah, yeah, right now. Guys. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he's still a there, lot of yeah. people think you he's know. gonna get cut to make the roster spot for Luca Garza for Luca, yeah,
1: and it's crazy, right? And they like, it's like the Spider Man meme when they look at each other, <laughs> it's kind of similar because it's like, like, you know, if these if this was just a different era, you know, these guys would be, you know, Luca would have been a, a lottery pick, you know, and it's you know, we saw that with Operun with, with Sengun, right. Sangoon was in that same thing, but uh, obviously Sengun's a little bit better of an athlete. But you know, look, it comes down to the defense, like you said, Bryce. Like if if he if if he's a a competent defender, he could be a nice piece, a nice rotational piece. But if he doesn't figure it out, like we've seen with like Jaleel Okafor, you know, he's just gonna maybe bounce around or maybe not be in the league much longer. And that's kind of what we've seen with Jalil. Like Jaleel, this might be it for Jaleel. You know, uh, and it's sad because, like I said, I'm a Duke fan and I love Jalil, Helped the, you know, national champion and all that. But, you know, his time in the league might be, you know, uh, it might be over. So uh, but but Luca, at least Luca can shoot it, you know, so that I think that will help him maybe stay in the league but the defense is the thing if he can't play defense you know it's just going to be pick and roll all day whenever he's on the court and you know uh he's going to have limited minutes as is and if he can't guard if, if he's just going to get killed and pick and roll that you just can't play a player like him so if he can improve I, I that's the thing i can never say he can't get improved so i can't be like well he's never going to get but he can't he can't so but uh it, if he doesn't it's it's going to be tough to stay in the league for. Yeah, him.
0: absolutely. And it's, it's funny you bring up Jalil cuz I I, I kind of see the same comparison as well, but I do think Luca shoots the ball better, which is huge, you know, that's a big difference. Because Jalil is a very skilled post player, man. Like it's fu- it's fu- it's fun his footwork is
1: is yeah. impeccable. It, it's it's beautiful his footwork. Like I just say he has one of the best footwork for a big and it just he he just and it's crazy, He's just been bouncing around the league. And like I said, he might he might not be in the league much. It's longer. fun
0: breaking down his game, like his post game. I had when I did the exit interview series with Detroit Bad Boys, I had a blast breaking down his post game. But there just wasn't anything else to really highlight. And I think obviously Luca shoots it better, like I said. And then the other thing, and, and this is not I'm not trying to knock J- uh, Jalil, but I, I think maybe Luca can develop a more of a motor, you know, like and and just. You know, not that he's any more of an athlete than Okafor is, but, you know, just a more of a motor on the defensive end, maybe play a little harder, maybe try to go rebound out of his area a little bit more, all of that stuff. And, you know, I think that's his ticket is if he can kind of develop a motor, not a motor like Isaiah Stewart. You know, those don't come around very often, but just uh, (laughs) a little bit more. But, uh, you know, we're 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 over halfway through the podcast and we've barely talked about Cade Cunningham. So I got to ask you what you think about Cade before we move on. Um, what do you think about Cade? What did what did you think about Cade coming in? Um, and then, like, I don't know if you've seen the quotes about, about how well he has endeared himself to Detroit, um, the city, the organization, his teammates, the leadership he's shown is something that's impressed me the most. And then, you know, the little bit of the summer league you've seen from him so far.
1: Like, we talked about, oh, when I had you on the pod, we talked about, like, you know, uh, Cade and, you know, He's 100% going to be a piss. And then we heard, like, the little rumors that, uh oh, they're not all in. online I'm like, I never bought any of that. I never bought any of that. And, like, it, it started getting more. And I was like, no, I don't buy any of this. And then, boom, you know, uh, they're like, yeah, he's going to be the number one pick. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, it, it just it, – you, you couldn't pass up on a guy like this. You, you just can't be that team to do that. He does everything you want you know, in a player. Like, he, you know, I think some people – like fall in love with like Jalen Green's athletic and then listen, he's gonna be a good one too. But what Kate Cage just everything he does as a as a he's a six eight ball handler with a seven foot what? Seven foot one. Yeah wingspan. seven foot seven one. Yep. You know, he can shoot it. And and I think an underrated thing about his game is his unselfishness. And like he didn't have to go to Oklahoma State. Like, they, ha- they were having some, like, uh, sanction issues. Like, they, 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 they were almost not going to be able to make the tournament and all that. And he could have easily just said, I'm just going to go to G League. You know, I'm just going to – or go somewhere else, you know, because would be like, uh, you know, I, I want to play in the tournament or I want to get paid. He could have easily done that. And he stuck to his commitment to Oklahoma State. And to me, that's that showed a lot of maturity, you know, and that's something you want. you want to? Hey, I'm going to fight through it. They were say, all right, let's get through this. Didn't have the best cast of, you know, cast of and teammates and still in the Big 12 where I mean, the Big 12, I mean, the national champions in the Big 12, Baylor, you know, West Virginia, you know, he was going against some dogs, you know, McBride, <laughs> West Virginia, you know, you know, they had some battles going at, you know, um, you know going against Texas Tech. You know, uh, Kansas. You know, there was the Big Twelve might have been the best conference in college basketball this year, and he was going at it. You know, not with the best cast of crew, but he was going at it. They made the tournament. You know, he he did his thing, and, and just the, everything you want a player to def, You know, his awareness. You know, defensive potential. He could be a potential maybe an all NBA defensive type of player. You know, he just everything you want a player, unselfish and all that. I think he's going to be the face of the franchise. And I think, you know, he's going to be a special, special player. And shooting ability, you know, <laughs> it's just what 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 is there not to like about him? Like, I heard people like trying to like, be, oh, he's not a top three player. I've heard some people say it. I'm like, you, I don't get that. But he, he's, and like you just mentioned, you hear all the stuff he's already doing in the community. He's embracing Detroit, you know, uh, and uh, I think it's, you guys really got a good one. You really got a good one. And I think that's why people are so high on Detroit and in the future for them. So, but Cade, man, he's going to be good, man. He, He's going to be good. I know people were tripping because he didn't shoot the ball well, you know, uh, but I was like, nah, man, he, he's going to be good. He's going to be yeah, right. and He's going to be a good You
0: brought one. up the two things that I think is most exciting, because I believe in his passing and I think it'll show, but um, – His defense, You know, especially in the Rockets game that he came out and he matched up with Jalen Green right from the start and really defended him well. A lot of Jalen Green's points came when either Cade was off the floor and not defending him. And so with that length and, you know, you you brought up the athleticism as well. But obviously he's athletic enough if he's staying up with Jalen Green, who's an unreal athlete. And then you brought up the shooting. And I think that's one thing that has shown he didn't shoot it well in the first game. And that's what you know. He really got critiqued after the first game. I'm like, he's gonna he's gonna make those shots. Like he just,
1: <laughs> Bryce, I know. I wanted to. I wanted to. I think I logged off after that because that. And I kept tweeting.
0: I must have tweeted
1: like four times. I will not overreact the summer league. I will not. And I'm telling people like, why are we? Why are we criticizing this kid after his first game? Like, come on now, guys. Let's, like, oh, he, they should have took Jalen Green. <laughs> I was hearing them. Like, and oh, and God,
0: I was out there. I, really going I, crazy I mean, now. I watched Jalen Green game, and he looked really good. And then I was there in person to watch Cade Cunningham in that game one. And, and he looked good. He just didn't make shots. You know, like, at the end of the day, he just didn't. Make, he got to spots. He got good shots. He looked good defensively everything for the most part that you wanted to see. I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm not saying he's a NBA all-star year 1. I'm just saying everything you wanted to see. Here's the problem with Cade Cunningham. This is what this is what some fans have an issue with is he doesn't wow you with anything. You know, like there's not going to be these spectacular plays or this just unreal step-back jumper where he just elevates or he's probably not going to put anybody on a poster. And that's what some fans want, and I understand that. I get it. You want something to be excited about, but I just, I wish I could convince them, like, the overall package is what wows you. You know what I mean? Like, don't you agree? Like, it's... He doesn't just pass well. He can shoot it. He can shoot a pull-up jumper. He defends. He, went and he was the only player at Summer League I saw go up after the game and sign autographs, and that's not a knockout over any other player. I'm just saying he was the only one I noticed doing it. Um, he wants to be a leader. He communicates on defense. He does everything you want. I'm like, that's what wows you guys. Like It's not a poster dunk. It's that he does everything.
1: Yeah, he's good at everything. He's really good at everything. And, yeah, like you said, he may not be wow you initially, but that doesn't mean that can't happen down the line. I mean, it's, you know, he can get – guys – you know, these guys can get better, right? Like, I feel like we're, we're you know, we've capped them all. Day. He can't do this. He can't do that. It's like, no, guys it can get better. You know, it's going to take time. It's got to adjust. Everyone's got to adjust, you know, to the league. Like, you know, so I think people went too crazy with his shooting. And it's like, and it's also like, if you just look at the numbers, like, oh, he shot the ball well, but he's like, he took good shots. just didn't hit him. It happens. It happens, right? You just, shots don't go down. And it, that's, the, that's, that's basketball for you. So, like, it just, people overreacting so much to it, you know, like I said, people are going to fall in love with Jalen Green because he's a freak athlete, right, so that's always going to pop, and 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 Cade's stuff doesn't pop initially because, he's like you say, he's not a freak athlete and all that, but, you know, <laughs> you're going to see it, you're going to see it in, in, in how he makes everyone better, and it's, it's going to show, it's definitely going to show, so, you know, people just they, everyone loves, you know, athletes and all that, but, you know, um, I'm not comparing him to Luca, but we see Luca, you know, He's not a super athlete, and look what he's doing, you know. So like, we can't always buy into the, you know athleticism. I know we like that's what we do. A lot of people, everyone loves athleticism to me, you know, but we can't you know there's more to it than just being an athlete you know there's more to it and Cade has everything every, everything else you want
0: in a basketball player yeah, absolutely and that's why I say like and, and luckily he made shots in game two or more shots and so I think that kind of put some of that stuff to rest but you know that brings me to game three and this can we can kind of use this as a transition into our around the NBA segment um, and talking about your New York Knicks so this was perfect timing bringing you on because um, when this is released it'll actually be today but today the Pistons and the Knicks play in the Pistons sec, uh, third summer league game I actually got to see your Knicks in person as well and and watch them play so I have some thoughts on on some of those guys I watched but um will you watch the game tomorrow I know that you said you don't watch a ton of the summer league stuff but with it being the Knicks will you catch the game tomorrow and and what have you thought so far about the the Knicks rookies especially in some of the young guys
1: yeah, I'll definitely I'm definitely gonna catch this one. You know, see some Cade and then see how the Knicks do. But uh, so far with the Knicks, you know, like I said, you know, we had the rookies last year quickly in top and and playing, and they look confident. You know, uh, they look so and quickly doesn't you know? I think Quickly's good. I don't think he needs to play another <laughs> another summer league game. I think he, he 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 has his his position locked up. You know what he's gonna expect off the bench. You know, pairing him with Derrick Rose and all that, and and looks so confident. His handle looks better. Everything looks better. Last year, I think he was he was just too hesitant to to uh, to make a move, especially when he got the ball on, the, on on the perimeter. It felt like he wanted to go, but he was just thinking too much. It seems like so far, like I said, it's just summer league. You know, it is summer league. You know, he's playing against you know uh, you know uh, different competition. So I understand. I'm you know, I said I don't want to overreact. But he does look confident, and that's why I wanted to see is his confidence get better. And I think this was huge for him to to get his confidence going quickly. It looks like he's he's like I said, he's going to be good. Now, the rookies McBride's look solid.
0: I really like Deuce. I McBride. really like McBride. The game yeah, I Deuce. saw, he I, that was a steal. I thought, man. I thought he looked really good. That
1: was a he was an absolute, and he's a dog on. He's a. Do- I remember watching you know the West Virginia versus Oklahoma State. Uh, I think it was at Oklahoma State. And you just see him giving Cade, you know, Cade probably had the most problems with McBride in college. McBride just get, and you see with McBride, he's, he, his hands, he gets in you, you know, he, he's it's just so much fun watching, you know, Deuce just, just play defense. I think he's going to be a fan favorite for New York because uh, the way his energy is, you know. You know, they just lost Frank Nilekeen. I think a lot of people thought that's what Frank would be. I think Deuce is going to be that player that we thought Frank would be, you know, and fill that role perfectly. And you got him at, in the second round. I don't know about you, Bryce, but the fact that he dropped to the second round, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe he dropped to the second round. I was just flabbergasted. I was, on, I was doing a Knicks draft show, you know, I was on Knicks fan TV, you know, and I'm just like, I would have took him with the 19th or 21st pick with the Knicks, you know, and they got him in the 32nd, second, thirty. I was going to say,
0: Chris, I wasn't super happy, um, you know, n- getting to know you. I, I like the Knicks this last year in general. I love Julius Randle. Um, I wasn't, you know, just as an outsider, I didn't love what the Knicks did initially because I was excited for them. I thought 19 and 21 were really good spots for them to get some great value, and then they ended up trading both of those picks. You know, now they end up with Quentin Grimes, which I'll get your take on Grimes in a second. I'm not quite as high on him, but they end up getting guys at at uh, 25 and and what was Deuce? Deuce was 30. Thirty six, they end up getting guys at twenty five and thirty six that they you know you wouldn't have had a problem with them drafting at nineteen and twenty one. So I mean, ended up being fine. They ended up getting guys that they probably would have taken there anyway. Um, I really like Deuce McBride. You also ended up with a guy that a lot of Pistons fans really really wanted, and that's Jericho Sims. And another guy that I thought thought looked really well looked really good in the game I watched at summer league.
1: Jericho, man, you talk about an athlete that pops pops and you know and that's why i was kind of hiding another big 12 team texas i mean they had all size in the world you know and they had great guard play and it's still so crazy how they didn't get farther in the tournament I'd had to win a national championship and they lost them in, in the first round but uh, we won't get about that we won't talk about <laughs> they lost me money but you know uh, i even talked about matt coleman uh, i had matt coleman on my show and i was like man what happened like you guys had everything size guard play everything and you know, uh, disappointed about that, but Jericho, man, he pops. You know, it's crazy. I mean, Kai Jones, Greg Brown, they had some athletes. You know, I don't know what they, you know, what the water is down there in Texas, but man, Jericho jumps out the gym, and you know, it started at the combine, and you know, you try not to get too excited about people, you know, popping at the combine, right? Because Jericho was one of those guys who maybe def, you know, everyone was like, oh, he's gonna be undrafted. He gets to the combine, you're like, hold up his vert what was he had a 48 inch vertical it was i don't i don't know what the number is
0: i've just seen the video and then i saw it in person with his his nose above the rim essentially and (laughs) yeah
1: it's insane and like as a rim and he's gonna do everything around the basket right all his stuff is around the basket and that's exactly what you know the knicks needed a type of guy and like you know, pick and rolls, you know, you just know what you're going to do. He's going to be, you know, in the dunker spot. That's his spot. He's going to get everything around the rim. And energy guy, you know, to me, that was that was a – I love that pick at 58. Love that pick at 58 for the Knicks. I think he's going to be another potential fan favorite for the Knicks. You know, uh, and like I said, uncertainty with Mitchell Robinson potentially, not, you know, just being it for maybe one more year. So it gives them some added, you know, maybe a potential, you know, big, you know, they, they signed sign to a three-year deal. So maybe that gives him added protection, you know, in case Mitch does not come back to the Knicks. So uh, definitely. That 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 was a they, you know they got definitely got a lot of good value in him at 58. So
0: you brought up Nerlens Noel, who I'll, I'll be completely honest, and you know I, I I changed my mind after the signing and when I when I dove into the film. But um, when free agency started, I said Nerlens Noel was the guy I wanted in Detroit because of his ability to block shots, catch lobs, kind of be a, a vertical type threat that the Pistons don't really have on the roster. And like I said, I, I do I've bought into the fact that Kelly Olynyk is the better fit for the Pistons. But so let's talk about the Knicks just free agency in general, moving away from the draft. Um, Nerlens Noel comes back. Derrick Rose, um, who obviously got traded from the Pistons. I I was so happy to see him have success in New York with Tibbs. He gets brought back. You sign Evan Fournier and then here late in free agency, Kimball Walker ends up coming to town. So just big picture, how do you feel about the the offseason from a free agency perspective for the Knicks?
1: Yeah, I think you know, I think they did solid. They got they got some. They brought back their. I think continuity was huge for this team. Bringing back guys who helped contribute to this team to bring them to the playoffs is huge. This Knicks team has had a lot of dysfunction. Obviously, you know, uh, just a lot of turnaround. I think bringing back your own guys who helped you take take you to the playoffs was was very valuable. It wasn't a sexy free agent class, right? There wasn't a lot of top free agents, so. You know there wasn't that guy that can that can take you to that next level and be a championship team, obviously. But they were able to bring in Evan Fournier, who I think people just think of. It's the narratives. I don't know why he has the narratives of certain these of some of these players, and people just assume all oh, he's not worthy of that. It's like Evan Fournier could ball. You know I know you know he went to Boston and, and it didn't work out the way well, but Boston, I mean, that's a whole, that was a mess. <laughs> Let's face it. Boston was in a, it was in a turmoil last year. And obviously we've seen, you know, Danny Ainge is gone and, and Brad Stevens is no longer the head coach. He's you no, know, he just took Danny Ainge's role. So they're in a state of flux and all that. So, and then, and he battled COVID last year um and all that. So, you know, they, it was a, it was a tough, but Evan Fournier gives us, a shot creator, which we desperately needed, especially in the starter, you know, um, as a starter, you know, and, you know, guy who can get to the basket, too, you know, um, he, he's a great finisher, too. So I thought it was a great pickup, you know, um, to get Fournier, you know, uh, I think it was four year deal, you know, with the fourth year being a, an option. And a lot of these deals they made, you know, was essentially two year deals, third year being team option. So I thought they, they maintain flexibility, cap flexibility. and and tradable contracts. You know, uh, you don't think of someone who would not want like a Derrick Rose on their team, you know, next year, you know, especially if the Knicks guards, you know, uh, continue, you know, get better. If Deuce is, you know, uh, is getting minutes and then quickly and all that, you know, that can make D. Rose expendable. Same thing with Nerland's. You know, if 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 they bring back Mitchell Robinson and they re-sign him and he balls out, you know. So I think they maintain flexibility. You know, I think (laughs) – a lot of Knicks fans, you know, we we wanted to take that next step, right? Everybody want to take that next step. Let's let's go after this guy, this guy. And was like, and I I thought they they did a great job free agency. Like I said, it wasn't sexy, but they brought back their their core that helped them get to the playoffs last year. Added a, a shot creator, which desperately that's why we lost to Atlanta in the playoffs. It wasn't because of the defense. The defense was great. Like we played played the best defense. Yeah. It, it travels, right? And we played great defense against, you know, Atlanta for the most part, but we couldn't score. <laughs> couldn't score because we had no shot creator. RJ is still not there as a shot creator. He can't cr- really create off the dribble yet, you know, and maybe this year he shows that, and I'm hoping so because he's, he's another guy who got better, especially after the new year. He, his game, you know, got better. He, he was a 40% you know, three-point shooter, especially that corner three. He was killing it from the corner three. You know, so he's going to get better, but we need him to take that next step as far as a shot creator and all that and get to the basket and be more, you know, um, be more creative, you know, getting to the basket and finishing, you know, and so we, you know, you add Evan Fournier and he can do that stuff already. So, you know, I think the Knicks came up with a solid, solid class, you know, bringing back an Alex Burks for, you know, he was very, he, he was our best, arguably him and Derrick Rose are the best scorers in the playoffs. You know, so you bring back Burks had a nice deal come off the bench. I mean, I love their bench. Their bench is better than some of the the Knicks lineup, starting lineups in the last few years. You know, so I think they came away really solid. In the Knicks, like I said, maintain flexibility. You know, for these. You know, but still got better. You know, and I think that's a great recipe, along with getting a solid, you know, draft class. You know, and like I said, you got Tibbs in there. You, you're going to trust with Leon Rose. And there's still there's still an opportunity to make a move, you know, to make that big splash, you know, because Leon's in the cut. He, he's sitting back. He's waiting. I feel like Leon's like he going to come out of nowhere and do a uh, Randy or an RKO, you know, uh, RKO out of nowhere. And he going to shock the world and do some, you know, because he's, you know, um, that's what he's been doing. But, you know, uh, overall, Bryce, I, I, I really think this Knicks team is, you know, we're going to be back in that. As a top six seed, I think will be there, and I think they'll be solid this year. But they made some good moves, maintain flexibility, and to me, you know, uh, that's what they did. And, and still be a competitive basketball team while developing the young guys, get your vets. Good combination. I think if you have a good combination of youngins and vets – that's a that's a great recipe right there. So I think the Knicks are gonna yeah, be no, fine. Yeah, I
0: agree. I think that you just look through the roster and there's a lot of names that are intriguing. And so, like you said, continuity with flexibility, bring in some guys that you know maybe Fournier flourishes. Um, but then also you kind of have the names and the contracts like you said to pull off a trade at the deadline if a, if a, a superstar star comes available to pair um, you know if it doesn't look like that guy's on the roster. but we, we, we do have about like five seven minutes here left. Um, so it, you know Dennis Schroeder got the new contract. Um, uh with the celtics so uh, we're not going to talk about that this episode i'm, I'm going to save that for keith smith coming on sunday but i do have a, a, a few i don't want to say quick hitters but we'll kind of go through them relatively cr- uh, quick here for you chris so um, i want to start off with ben simmons do you think ben simmons starts with the philadelphia 76ers
1: yes i think he, do you think
0: he ends the season with the philadelphia 76ers Yes. <laughs> okay. If I told you a trade happened, where... No, I, I want to... Where, if Ben Simmons were to be traded, where would you hope that he would get traded? Like, where do you think the best fit for Ben Simmons is? Maybe you think it's actually Philly, but let's... If it, you do think it's Philly, let's say outside of Philly, where do you think the best fit? Where, where? What organization or what roster would you like to see him fit in with? Everybody says Golden State, but it's like... Not with
1: Draymond, uh, You know, man. I... Th- now with Draymond, if you're trading Draymond, then, you know, and if you're thinking that he could be Draymond, just a younger version, then, yeah, that makes sense. But if you're going to have Draymond there, it doesn't really make sense. I don't know. He's a he's a tough, tough player to, you know, to fit because you, you have to have a bunch of shooters around him. So it would have to be a team that's got a bunch of snipers, you know, um, I don't know, maybe Washington maybe Washington, possibly. Uh, It's tough. No, I'm with you. It's tough. He's a tough, you know, he's a great player. And I always want to say he's a great player. Even with all the flaws, this man's an all-star, all-defensive player. But he's still, it's tough to to fit a team because you're going to have the shooters around him. You're going to have the shooters.
0: All right. So we're going to end this off with a couple free agent type questions. So I'm just, and this can be a specific player, um, it can be a team as a whole, but it just can't be anything to do with the Knicks, all right? So, a free agent decision you like the most, whether it was a player and a contract he got, whether it was a team and what they did with one specific player or contract, or what a team did as a whole. Is there anything that stood out to you?
1: Okay. All right. So, a player that I like, I like the Gary Trent of Toronto. I'm just a big, i said, I told you, I'm a Duke fan, so, but... Gary Trent, to me, has untapped potential. I think he could be like a, not saying he could be this player, but he could have that Chris Middleton-type impact where he can, you know, that second-round pick gets to a different team and then, you know, flourishes. I think he could be that type of player. To me, getting him at, what, three years, 50, 50, 55 mil, yeah, I thought 54, it was 54 mil, yeah. like, to get a guy that could be, to me, he can be a 24-per-game per scorer, that's an absolute Bargain, absolute bargain. So uh, that that was one of my favorite, maybe my favorite free agent. Decision. So I'm
0: gonna give mine just real quick. Mine was actually a team, and, and I'm not even necessarily a fan of this team. I, I do like their roster, but I liked what the Suns did. Um, the Chris Paul contract looked not good initially, but the more the details came out, and that's what, the, the, you know, it's always in the details. I think the third year is only partially guaranteed. The fourth year, I believe, is a team option. So that deal looked good to me. Cameron Payne, I heard you guys talking about that, was a steal on that contract. And I know people like to make fun of him and clown him, but I thought JaVel McGee was a sneaky, nice pickup because that was a need. And whenever you're a team trying to compete for a championship, need does come into play. And so I thought I, I just kind of liked what the Suns did. Nothing flashy or sexy or anything like that. I just kind of liked that. Um, Okay, last one before I let you go. Free agent decision. I'm not going to say that it was bad. I don't like to be super negative like that and and overly judge thing. But maybe a decision that had you scratching your head a little bit, either based off the amount of money that was given, um, maybe fit, or just you're kind of like, man, that doesn't really make sense. Were there any ones based just off the player or the team that you kind of left you scratching your head whenever you heard it?
1: Yeah, I have. Okay, I I know Duncan Robinson and what he can do is very valuable as a shooter. I really do. But to give a guy $90 million, and I understand what his – and we saw that with Joe Harris last year. We saw that with Bertans last year. I just think that's a lot of money to give to a player that just does one thing for you. And I understand that It's very valuable what they do, especially his off-ball movement. I know everyone's telling. He's like, I understand that. But I was like, it's ninety million dollars to see like, the You can and like we've seen it with Dunk. You you put you know, it, you can neutralize that because. And I saw with Joe Harris too. Like in the playoffs, like he couldn't do. He, he's not a creative Not a shot creator. You know. He, he you know is him and KD, and he didn't show up. You know, he that was his time to show up and show that he's more than just a shooter. And I know, you know, Joe Harris can do a little bit more, but he didn't show it. And it's just given 90 mil, that's, I mean, I don't know, a 90 mil to a guy that could just do one thing. I know it's really good, but it's that's a lot of money to give to Duncan. So to me, that was... You know, I understood they, them doing it, and I understand it's a five-year deal for ninety, but still ninety million dollars for a guy that could just do one thing. I understand it's good, but it, no, it's it felt like you know.
0: So, part <laughs> of me know. wishes I knew that was going to be your answer because if we have any Miami Heat Miami Heat fans listening to this episode, they're not going to listen again because <laughs> because <laughs> my head scratcher, or honestly, just the the move I move. I, I didn't love what the Heat did. I, I'm not a huge Kyle not Kyle me Lowry either. fan. That was okay. my
1: second one. If you told me to, Kyle so would have the, been my
0: second one. I did not like what Miami I don't either, Chris. And, you know, Kyle Lowry doesn't move the needle for me. I don't even necessarily, it's not even about the contract. It just doesn't move the needle for me. And then giving Jimmy Butler four for 184 is a lot of money. And and listen, I understand Jimmy Butler's a great player and what he does defensively and all of that. Like, I don't know that he's a number one guy on a championship team. And that kind of seems like where Miami's right now is, like trying to compete for championships. So um again and
1: they just paid bam yeah, too it, and like bam did not have a really like he didn't have the year that they thought
0: so it's like miami like i, I don't i'm gonna care. ask keith smith want, where miami get gets all this money for this sal- how they now navigate the salary cap because <laughs> it is the cocaine they,
1: cowboys because they do an incredible <laughs> job like there's no
0: debating that they find money to pay these guys i just don't know that they use it in the right way so um if there's any miami heat fans i'm really sorry you're probably never going to listen to me again but i apologize um that wasn't scripted whatsoever. That was compl- Neither of us knew what our answers were going to be, but um.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did not like what they did at all, man. I just, I think it maybe they get to the second round this year, but I mean, I think Kyle Lowry's overvalued way too much. I think, you know, million a year for him, just that didn't make no sense. I I, I don't see
0: that roster. Here's my thing you're paying a lot of money and made a lot of moves to try to beat the Nets and the Bucks. And, you know, if you want to throw the Sixers in there, I don't know that I do right now. But, and I just don't see, I don't see that team doing it. So, um, I I don't know what the other moves could have been. You know, it's easy for me to sit here and say I don't like him and not give, you know, what they should have done. But I, I wasn't a fan. So, um, I better end it there before I keep getting negative about it. I should have done that one first. Hey, my
1: VP of Off the Ball Network is a a
0: he fan. Uh, He he don't even like that that makes So if
1: that makes you feel better, better, Bryce, you know, uh, he don't even like
0: uh, what they did That does make me feel a lot better. Um, (laughs) Chris, man, thank you. We're definitely going to have you on again. Um, I want to give you a chance here uh, to just plug your stuff, everything that you're doing Off the Ball Network and, and everything you got going on
1: yeah man Bryce I appreciate you having me on brother this was a lot of fun doing this but yeah you can follow me at off the ball pod that's where I'm most uh, active at on Twitter also Instagram Facebook um, you can catch me on uh, Mondays at noon where we got off the ball network Mondays we got a uh, Breaking the game at at a ten. We got uh, up in flames at eleven, and then I uh, I'm on at uh, twelve, and also the Hoopers are at eight p.m. So we have kind of our own day, which is like another cool thing that we have off the ball. You know, keep growing on that aspect. But yeah, catch me on there every Monday, um, and listen to the pod on all podcast platforms. You know, I'm doing uh, gonna work on some more draft stuff for 2022. Diving into there, um, like I said. Uh, just follow me on Twitter and have you updated on if I have any more projects. But n- nothing lined up other than just, you know, um, you know, some maps, potential, some uh, draft stuff for 2022. But, uh,
0: yeah, I-, I appreciate you having me yeah, on, brother. Always, man. I appreciate you. I hope we can have you back or I can have you back. And, and this was a lot of fun. Um, to all the listeners, as with every episode, I want to thank you guys. Like, I appreciate all of you so much. Not just the fact you listen to the podcast, but you take the time to drop a rating or review, send me a comment or DM, give me a follow on Twitter. I love those interactions. Like That's what I do. I encourage you to keep doing it. That's the best part for me. Um, You're all appreciated. As for episode 44, that'll be dropping on Monday morning. I have one heck of a guest for you guys, Keith Smith, an NBA free agent expert. Um, You don't want to miss this one, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Motor City Hoops podcast. Please give us a rating, drop a review, and subscribe. For more content, including video breakdowns, make sure you follow us at Motor City Hoops on Twitter. I hope you join us next episode. Until then, be safe and be well.